right. We are live. Let me just move this water over here. Just in, oh, hit the mic. My bad. <laughs> Put the water right here <clears throat> in case I need water. All right, everyone, we're live. So this is episode 82 of Goals and Updates. And I just post this on Instagram. Okay. <clears throat> episode 82 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company, Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And today, uh, we're going to start off by talking about some personal updates in my life. Then we'll go into talking about uh, two topics today. So the first topic I have picked out is everything happens for a reason. The second topic is going to be you don't have to uh, you don't have to become your parents. All right. So what I'm going to do is we'll do the the beginning part, which is me just updating you guys in my life and and me applying the same uh, stuff that I'm telling you in these topics to my own life. So that way you know that I'm doing the same thing that I'm trying to basically, in a sense, preach uh, through these podcasts. So the first update I have is uh, I just want to do a little shout out to my friend Jimmy because his birthday is going to be uh, this Saturday. And I took, you know, I took some days off this weekend to go chill with him this weekend. But um, I wanted to do a little shout out for Jimmy because he said he was going to join. I don't see him on here. But uh, shout out to Jimmy's birthday this Saturday. But uh, the other thing I wanted to update you guys on is days off. Well, that's what I just said. Um, but I did a call list today. So the, the thing that I've been doing every, sa- every single day at this warranty company is I do a call list to service providers getting their W-9s and requested invoices for completed work for uh, customers. So I just recently started doing this the last month. Uh, maybe Yeah, maybe like three weeks, almost to a month now with this, um, this, the kid that sits next to me, David, who's been helping me a lot with, uh, with the cold calling and stuff like that for these service providers. And me and him are the only ones that make these phone calls uh, because we're just the only two that are actually willing to make a cold call to a service provider. What's up, Greg? Um, but so, yeah, so we're, I'm one of the few people there that actually want to do cold calling. And the reason I want to get better at cold calling is obviously I own a business, done deal investments, and I have to start uh, cold calling random people and try to sell them over the phone, right? Try to get appointments, try to, you know, call random real estate agents, uh, so on, so on. I got to do a lot of cold calling with this uh, this new business I started. So I wanted to, um, you know, I, I wanted to get some skin in the game at this company. And I, start, I started doing a lot of cold calling with them. So I recommended that I'll do this list with him. So me and him have gone through this this list. And uh, I ended up calling this one person, which is the fun. It's the, it's actually really funny because I actually got it to like be cool. But I don't know if it's just my chill personality or it's just because I've been watching a lot of sales videos and I understand how to to talk to people on the phone now. But um, I, I call this one lady and I'm like, hey, this is Tyler from Cross Country Home Services. Uh, you have a, a customer, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm calling to get a W-9 so we can directly pay you since you're stating you're going to do third-party billing. And the lady instantly just goes, um, like, stop calling me. She And she's like, you guys asked for, like, W-9s for the last, like, three weeks. And, like, I don't want to give you the W-9. And I'm like, or she's like, I don't know why you guys keep calling me. And I'm like, I was like, I, I totally understand. I was like, what's your name? And she's like, Debbie. And I'm like, I totally understand, Debbie. If I was getting called hundreds of times a day, I, I'd be pretty upset, too. But I'm like, we're just trying to get a W-9 so we can pay you. Um, I know you want to get paid. We just need a W-9. And, and so she's like, um, I'll give you my email address and you can send it to me and I'll just reply back with a W-9. And I was like, okay. 
So that was yesterday, right? So now I have to call her again today as a follow-up. So I call her today, and I and I before I even made the call, I told uh, me and me and the kid David joke a lot before we make the calls because I'm like, oh, this person's gonna be pissed. So, but I just get excited, right? Like most people are like, oh, I don't want to call this person, but I'm just like, I get excited because like I don't care about rejection. I'm just like, okay, if she rejects me, she hangs up, whatever. She just doesn't get paid. It's not my problem, right? Um, at least I tried. But I call her. And she answers the phone and doesn't say anything. She just answers. So like she just picks up the phone and I'm like, hello. And she's like, hi. And I'm like, hey, this is Tyler from Cross Country Home Services. I was, um, I'm calling for this customer. I'm like, I called you yesterday. I'm pretty sure I spoke with a lady named Debbie yesterday. And she stated that um, if I sent her an email that she would respond back with a W9. And, and uh, she's like, oh yeah, I didn't get to that yet. Right. She's like, I didn't get, I didn't get to that yet. And then I'm like, okay, I'm like, uh, whenever you have time, just send it. I'm like, I'm just trying to follow up to make sure that, that, you know, you got my email. And she's like, yeah, I got it. And I'm like, okay. And I went to like, you know, tell her to have a good day and like, to just send the W9. And she went, um, hang on. She's like, hang on a second. I'm going to send it right now. Stay on the phone. So that way you, you can tell me if you get it. I received it. And on, on W9s, most people don't know this, but on a W9 on the first line, it, it says in bold letters, um, you can't leave this line blank. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm like, oh man, she's gonna get pissed. And I'm just like, I'm like, listen, like I received the W9, but you're missing the first line. And I, and she's like, no, I'm not. Right. Like she got all, um, she got all like critic, like, uh, she got kind of like defensive. And I was like, I was like, yeah, if you look at line one, it actually says, and I read her line one, I'm like, it says you can't leave this line blank. I'm like, they're going to kick this back, and then we're going to have to keep calling you. I'm like, if you could just, you know, print it, put your name on it, scan it back in, or um, even type it, whatever you want to do, however you feel more comfortable doing it. But I'm like, you just got to put your name. I mean, you could put the same company name in that line, but I'm like, you just got to put something there with the company's name. And she's like, She's like, okay, I got you. I'll, I'll send it back. I'll, I'll fill that out and I'll send it back. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, have a good day, Debbie. <laughs> and I'm like, have a good day, Debbie. I appreciate the time. And and, I, and that was it, right? And then she sent it to me and I moved the work forward. But the point of the matter that I wanted to make on, on uh, why I was telling you about this call was um, I, I kind of went against my intuition because deep down inside, I really didn't want to make that call right? I didn't really want to make that call. Like I knew, I knew there was going to be some type of tension. Um, this, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than what it was, but she ended up, um, understanding that I'm just trying to help her out. And how I did that was just by basically emphasizing with her, like, I totally understand, right? I I totally understand where you're coming from. I'd be pretty pissed too, if I got a lot of phone calls, but I'm like, I just want to help you out and get you paid. Right. So I'm basically kind of flipping it. I'm almost like I'm almost taking full responsibility, but at the same time, I'm flipping it and saying, you know, I'm just really here to help you out. Like at the end of the day, like I'm trying to help you move forward and it's not for me. Like I'm calling to help you. Right. Um, but I, I think it's also my tone when I, when I, I go very enthusiastic, like when I call on most, most people that receive phone calls from uh, corporations or any, um, help desks or anything where it's uh, some type of service where like you paid for something and they call you back. It's normally really, really dead. Like the person almost seems like they're dead on the phone, right? And they go, um, this is 
right? And it's like really low pitch. There's no enthusiasm. And that was something that I realized too. I'm like, all right, I got to be enthusiastic when I call these people because um, they're not going to want to talk to me if I'm not enthusiastic, which, you know, a lot of people do that when they make these cold calls. Um, so that's what I started doing. But I got this one guy too. This is really funny. I got this one guy today where I called him and I'm like, hey, this is Tyler from Cross Country Home Services. How are you? And he's like, oh, I'm not interested. He thought I was selling him. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, no, sir, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to call for a reimbursement for a customer. And he's like, oh, 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 yeah, I know you're talking about. He's like, yeah, I know that person, right? So I had to like quickly try to grab his attention before he hung up the phone, right? Um, so that's, that was kind of interesting too. Like I had some pretty interesting phone calls today. But the point of the matter that I'm trying to, to, uh, to tell you guys this is that most, I'm trying to do what most people don't want to do at my job. All right, I'm trying to do what everyone says they don't want to do, so then I stand out within the company, just like I dress out every single day, including Saturdays, and if I worked a Sunday, I would dress out on a Sunday, right? Just because it's the weekend doesn't mean I dress down, um, and that's a big thing that, that they have there is every Friday, it's dress down Fridays, and Saturdays, no one's there, so everyone just comes in whatever they want. They come in slacks, they come in whatever they want, um, and that's something that, uh, you know, I, I don't do that. I try to go above and beyond. That's what I'm promoting on these podcasts, by the way. Go above and beyond. You know, do what you want to do. Like, go, go, you know, go broke or don't go at all, right? Like, go in, go 100%, 110%, not 100%. Because uh, if you're going to do it, why not go 110% with it, right? Why, why give only half? Go 100% in, 110%, I should say. So that, that's, that's why... Uh, I tell you guys this, like people, I'm telling you every, every single day, people are trying to talk me down into, um, dress down Fridays. Like, I don't understand why you come in. It's dress down Fridays. I don't understand why you come in with the shirt and a tie. They still don't understand even after I tell them, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so that's that. Uh, so we got Jimmy's birthday, the call list is what I basically just told you. Just going through some of my notes that I wanted to update you guys on. Um, I think that's basically it for all my personal. Oh, I, I also did. Um, this is actually really interesting. I did a one-on-one -on -one today. I think uh, today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. So every Wednesday they do a one-on-one, -on -one, which is where your manager sits down with you and she goes over like, all right, you messed up on this and you got a coaching on this one. So you got to fix it. And next time, don't do this. You're going to do it this way. Um, or your inheritance is out or your productivity levels are low. Uh, but every single one-on-one -on -one I've had, my inheritance is always 100%. And my productivity levels have always been a little bit like today. I was like, uh, for the, uh, I think for the week it was one Oh one, which is, um, it, it's good. It's you're supposed to be a hundred or above. So I had 101, but I think it's because I'm doing a lot of cold calling. So I'm doing a lot of off phone time. So I'm not really doing a lot of doc review right now, <coughs> excuse me, or, um, claim options or anything like that. Uh, which you guys might, you know, might not know what I'm talking about, but it's just little things that I have to do, um, the different procedures that I have to do with email responses. But uh, since I'm picking up the phone a lot, I go on off phone, and that normally neutralizes um, my productivity levels. It normally kind of just neutralizes it. But, um, but anyways, I was in this one-on-one, -on -one and she was going over, and she was like, hey, she's like, now that you're, oh, because I was telling her I got a P for P. I got my first P for P. P for P is, um, pay for product, uh, production. I think it's called pay for production. So, uh, since I'm at hundred adherence where I'm working every single day, um, according to my schedule and I'm not out of adherence where I, you know, I'm clocking in that phone 
exactly at the start of my shift and at the exact end of my shift and the breaks and lunch and all that stuff. I'm doing it perfectly, right? They give me $150 if I can do that throughout the whole entire month. They'll give me $150 extra on my paycheck. So I got the first one I ever got, and I told her I'm like I think I I'm like I have to be out of um, I have to be out of um, probation because when you're there for the first three months you go in probation. I'm like I have to be out of probation if they're giving me the P for P. And she's like and she looked and she's like they accidentally gave you the P for P. They weren't supposed to, but she's like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and, sh- and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to use it as a, uh, uh, self-confidence booster. Cause I'm like, cause I'm like, it's going to, it just makes me feel good that I'm, that, you know, I'm hitting the numbers and that I'm getting rewarded with extra money in my paycheck. Right. So I'm like, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm out of, um, probation when we went through the days, like we went through and she's like, yeah, I think you would technically be out of probation from when you started work. Uh, which was like February, like 15th or 19th or something like that. So, so that's good too. I'm out of probation. Um, I got my first P for P, which is awesome. And I'm going to continue to get those P for P's. The, the next one is try to get 300, right? So I can get an extra 50 and make 300 on my paycheck. If I can get to, for the whole entire month, I get 120% on productivity and above. It's a little tricky for me for the fact that I do a lot of off phone time, but I'm going to really, really try. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I'm still a little sick, <clears throat> but um, I'm going to try my, my, you know, my behind off and really try to get that 300. Cause that's really good motivation is like to hit those numbers and hit that, but it's really hard. Everyone tells me it's really rare. Um, even if you try hard, uh, it's, it's rare. It's not impossible, but it's very rare. So that's why I really want to do it just to prove that I can get it you know, for myself and to the people that I'm working with and the company itself. Um, so that's the next goal out of that. The other thing that was really interesting on this one-on-one was uh, she started going over career paths for me. So she's like, hey, like, since you're here now for three months, what we really want to start doing is looking into your career path. And she's like, meaning like, if you want to go into the marketing department, we have to start looking into uh, skill sets that you want to learn in order to be able to get into the marketing department or things that you've done within the company that we can pass on once you actually get to the point where you can move on to a different department. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, that's great. I'm like, it's probably going to be the marketing department. Like marketing is my niche. That's where I fit in. Um, I'm very creative. Like it's just everything, you know, when I went to that lunch and learn, and I learned a lot about the different marketing strategies that this company's using, uh, digital and mailing and <clears throat> all types of different stuff within this company. Uh, I, you know, I told her, I'm like, marketing would definitely 100% probably be my niche. That's probably the next department I'm aiming for. Um, and so like, we're, we're going to come up with a plan, I guess. I'm not really sure how it really works. I, I know she wanted me to go on there and write some goals into my account and I got to try to hit those goals. Now, um, that's all, I think that's all I really have for you guys on the personal development on my side for like two days. For these two days, because I updated you guys on Monday. Sorry for the noise. I'm just trying to clear my throat. But um, so now we're going to go into two topics. All right, we're going to go into the first one, which is everything happens for a reason. And the reason I picked this one was one day I think I was listening to a motivational video too on this one, but I think it just randomly popped in my head. And I was doing, um, I was I was at cross country working, and it popped in my head, and I'm like, 
I got to write this down. So I wrote it down on a sticky, which I can, uh, I can show you. I wrote it down on this sticky, right? Uh, everything happens for a reason. I think it's down there. I think it's in the bottom. Yeah, it's on the bottom corner. Now, there, you know, there's a couple names on here. Because the reason there's names on this, by the way, is because uh, when I call people, I call service providers, um, I ask for who I'm speaking with so I can put it in the notes so I, they know I'm not, like, making stuff up. Uh, they know I spoke to like a Heather, or I spoke to a Pam, or I spoke to a Debbie. So that's why you see the names on the left, because I was working and I was writing it on the sticky when I was working the phones. Um, <clears throat> and there's some notes in here, like job numbers. Um, I wrote down this uh, this one thing on here. It's like Obama was a motivational speaker. And like the reason I wrote that down was because I was listening to a motivational speech, and they put um, a couple things, like uh, a couple lines uh, Barack Obama was speaking about, I think before he was running uh, for president, like it was when he was running as a candidate and I just wrote it down on the sticky. It was, um, Obama was a motivational speaker. And the reason I put that down, uh, what's up, George? Hey man, appreciate you joining, man. Um, but yeah, so I wrote that down just because, um, like it, my, like my mind on it when I was listening to it was, um, my mind, like my approach on it was I, I saw like, you know, it, that's where they really, they post a lot of like Obama stuff is through like his speaking, right? Like he was a good speaker. And that's what, you know, no matter what political side you're on, a lot of, like anyone will agree with that. He was a, he was a great speaker. And what I realized is when I started listening to him through this uh, motivational speech, I realized like that's why he won a lot of people over was because he was a motivational speaker. And it clicked in my head. And I'm like, that's, that's how he won presidency. Right. That's how you run uh, one as being president of the United States of America, at least for the first term. And the second term, it probably um, helped him out, too. But that's how you that's how he became president. In the first term was through the motivational speaking. That's what he was doing. Right. He was trying to get people amped up. He's trying to uh, go for a cause. He's trying to get people with, you know, within him to believe in that cause. So he's doing a lot of motivational speaking. And I realized that that that's what got him, you know, presidency. But the reason I'm I'm bringing that out to you is not to make it political. I'm trying to bring it out to you to show you that the power of the mindset is so uh, is so important, and that it, it can boost you into different directions, right? Because his speaking is what boosted a lot of people to get up and vote, or um, it boosted a lot of people to go out and, and fight for a cause, or it boosted a lot of people to go out and do something differently. Uh, so that's why I wrote that down. It was kind of interesting. I just th thought about that. But <clears throat> getting back to the topic, everything happens for a reason. I wrote it down, right? Now, <clears throat> this was the same day. I think it was yesterday I wrote that down. Now, I go to Toastmasters a couple hours later. I go to Toastmasters, and um, this one lady uh, that they call her Professor Slep. That's like her character. She she try, she does like a lot of um, – she's kind of like a comedian. She likes to consider herself more of a comedian because she, she likes making people laugh and – uh, her speeches are more towards comedy and laughter and her, um, her, her, uh, stage name that she likes to use is professor Schlepp. So <clears throat> what happened was she was doing her speech and it just so happens that she was going to cite something of like a Boston accent and she was going to say stuff within the Boston accent. Well, it just so happened. We had a guest that night that actually was from Boston and, um, was actually from Boston. And so she said, Hey, can you say a couple of these words and like repeat after me? And he says it and it, it enhanced her speech, right? It made her speech more engaging, more entertaining. 
And at the very, very end, I help them clean up. You know, I, I just help them clean up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to run for like their PR, uh, public relations, and help them get more people and just market online with social media and different elements. So I got to get voted in. I think next week they're voting. Um, but he announced me as a, as a candidate or a runner up. Uh, so I got to get voted in within um, the members of that organization. Now, um, but at the end I was talking to her and, and she was like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I go, Oh, that's so weird. I was like, I wrote that down this morning on a sticky note at work. And, and she's like, she's like, yeah, but it does. She's like, it's the truth. Like, she's like that, that all happened for a reason. Like that guy was there for a reason. And then I got to use him into my speech and she's like, there's no other explanation except that was just meant to be that he was there at the right time at the right place and helped her out on her speech. And it was just kind of ironic because I've talked about this before. I think it was like two episodes ago where I was talking about, um, I was talking about things happen. Like if you talk about something and maybe a week later or a couple days later, it it shows back up in your face. Or um, maybe you're talking about, you know, you really want this promotion. And all of a sudden, like a week later, the promotion happens and you're put in and you're put in the spot of being able to go for that promotion. It's the same thing as this where it's kind of like everything kind of happens for a reason. Like I I truly believe that uh everything happens for a reason. And I um you know it, it just depends on how you interact with it or, or take it in. But um I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. And I can't, I can't obviously really, I can give you examples, but I obviously can't like show you that, but I I can give you examples of, of why I believe that. Now there's, um, there's two big examples that have impacted me and my, uh, my life going forward. Um, actually three of them, right. I can give you three really good ones that have impacted me that have, have made me the person that you're probably looking at right now. And that has just basically changed my perspective on a lot of different things that, that caused me to be more, uh, a little bit more open-minded. It caused me to be a little bit more, um, outgoing. Cause I never used to be this person that you're seeing now where I can talk into a microphone and if anyone joins, I can probably engage with them or, um, I can get guests on my show and, and have a, you know, carry on a conversation for hours on hours on hours and just waste time talking about random stuff. Right. But um, what shaped me was, uh, I'd have to say the first one that I can give you was my, uh, my first ex-girlfriend where, um, uh, you know, I completely tried to give everything I possibly could to this person to the point where I wasn't looking out for myself and I pushed everything into the one person and I ended up at the very, very end, uh, long story short, uh, the, the girl, the, the girl that I was, um, really in love with at the time was I uh, got into an arranged marriage. She felt like she kind of, she kind of had to, uh, to get money or like whatever, like to get money basically in order to help her family. And basically what ended up happening was uh, I kind of got kicked to the curb. And through that whole entire process, I tried to be understanding through the process. And so I held on, held on, held on. Uh, I, I believe for like two years, uh, I was trying to hold on to this relationship and, Um, I felt like she was trying to kind of make it work and then it got a little bit too hard for her and she just kind of quit, right? She quit. And then I kind of was like, I was kind of stuck. And when it ended, I kind of lost myself 
because I put all this energy into the other person, but didn't really put any energy into myself. So I, you know, I, I put the vision, I put the goals, I put the dreams all into the one person. And when it didn't work out and we ended up splitting apart, I kind of, I completely lost myself. I didn't, I knew who I, I knew who I wanted to be, but I, I, I lost my, uh, my inner drive. I lost, uh, um, you know, faith in like humanity for a couple, you know, for a little while. I, I kind of, I looked at things as like, everything is, is kind of shit. Uh, I looked at people as um, they're terrible, like can't trust them, can't do that. Like I just, it's just a terrible, terrible mindset, right? I had this, uh, you know, I got really bad depression. Um, uh, you know, I dabbled into like stupid things, uh, you know, but my, my point to you is um, getting through that obstacle. I knew I had to change my mindset, right? I knew that it was something internally. And what I discovered that um, depression is, is yourself. You're, you're battling yourself, which is what depression really is. And what I realized was if I could develop a better mindset, if I could read more positive things, if I could um, not take, uh, you know, like people try to push you into, into doing certain types of drugs when you're, when you're depressed um, that, that are prescribed by doctors. I never got that far deep into the rabbit hole of depression. Um, I ended up figuring it out on my own and I got myself out of depression. But what ended up happening was, um, what ended up happening was I changed my mindset. I got out of it and I actually strived like, and that's who you're, that's who you're looking at right now. Like that's how I ended my last relationship because I'm like, Hey, I'm never going to quit on myself. I'm like, you can quit on me, which she ended up quitting on me. Um, it basically called me a terrible individual because uh, she's like, you're selfish. Um, mainly because of my political background she thought i was selfish which uh you know it is what it is you can't cha you can't change people right but my point is um you can influence them but you can't really change them unless that person wants to change but um that's how it was easy for me to let go of the last relationship i was in i mean i'm not telling you it was a walk in the park but what i'm trying to tell you is it was a lot easier for me to understand what i had to do because my mindset was in the right direction i understood that um, I've made the mistake once before. I'm not going to make the mistake again. And that if this person doesn't understand that after I'm telling them a thousand, thousand times, um, or over a thousand times, and this person is definitely not going to push me in the right directions. Um, cause she's only thinking about herself. She's not thinking about me, which is ironic that she's telling me I'm selfish, but she's not trying to help me. Right. Um, so that, that's what I'm trying to tell you. So if, if that didn't happen, if that, if that, if that crazy situation did not happen to me, um, I, you probably wouldn't be looking at me doing motivational speaking. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be looking at me doing the podcast that I'm doing right now. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see me go and help other people or, or appreciate other individuals like I do now, right? And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Things happen for a reason. Um, I ended up helping someone, which I do want to do a speech eventually at uh, Toastmasters of how I helped my, my good friend now, um, uh, my friend Ashma through her situation. Cause what happened was I met her and I realized that she was going through similar things that I did, right? She, she cared too much about what other people thought about her. Uh, she cared too much about um, her parents pressuring her, pressuring her to go to different situations in her life. And, you know, she wasn't satisfied with that, right? Like she didn't want to go in that direction. She was trying to do it for her parents. So she wasn't doing it for herself. Same thing with me, which, 
was with, uh, with an ex-girlfriend, right? I was doing everything for the ex-girlfriend, but I wasn't doing anything for myself. Um, but just in a different, you know, a, a slightly different situation or a different um, pressure point for her. But um, I knew everything that she was going through when I met her. And I ended up changing her mindset. And I said, look, I- I've, been, I've been where you're at. I understand what you're going through. And like I was naming everything that was, ha- I was like, this is happening to you. You're doing this. Like, this is that. And she's like, yeah, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I did it in a different situation. And I was like, I had to change the way I was thinking. Because I'm like, it's you. It's not the people around you. It's you. You're beating yourself up. So I'm like, and that's what depression is. And people don't understand that. Like people acknowledge that depression is kind of their own doings, but they don't do anything to change it. They don't change the state of mind. And what I realized was if I could help her understand that. And the reason I helped her too is because I knew she wasn't going to fight me on it because she was already at rock bottom, right? She was at the low, you know, the low where, um, where you're basically at, you know, you're at ends hope. And you're just like, I've tried everything. I can't, I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't know what else to do. So she, she had no other way, you know, no way out of it. And she was looking for answers. So I knew if I fed her um, the answers that I knew, uh, it would help her mentally get out of where she was. And she'd become a better individual and she'd, you know, have more self-worth in herself. And so when I fed her all this stuff, uh, a couple months later, she came back and she was like, hey, she's like, like, she's like, it was amazing. Like, I just changed certain aspects of what you were telling me. And within the first like week, she was like, I was already feeling great about myself. And she was like, I just don't, you know, she's like, I don't really care what other people think of me now. She's like, "Um, I try not to let my parents influence me too much in the sense of doing what they want and not what I want. And I started going for things that I want. And she's like, I, you know, I did, you know, I took up this club, I did that. And she's like, because I realized that's what I wanted to do. And, and like today she, you know, she's a whole different person today. Like, um, kind of what you kind of see in me today where I'm like very energetic. I want to go do things. I want to go meet people. I want to go to the next stage of my life. I want to keep moving forward. Uh, the same thing with her. Like she changed everything. But if I didn't go through that, that rough patch, that rough time with, uh, with my first ex-girlfriend, right? It wouldn't have led me to help her, right? So everything happens uh, for a reason. Uh, there's two more that I can give you that are, are going to be really good. So the, the second one is, as you can tell, um, I like to talk about money a lot sometimes. Um, I, I don't really talk a lot about money on this particular uh, type of podcast because it's more motivational. Um, but I, but you'll see in certain episodes where I'm talking about myself, I do talk a lot about money or I'm talking about financial freedom or I'm talking about investing. And I'm only tw- and like done deal investments is about investing, right? Investing in properties uh, helping distressed sellers. Um, you know, like I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to money, finance, and, um, and just money overall, right. Or personal finance. So the, the thing that I, that, how that started was my dad ended up becoming, um, he became a, he became a very like high paid individual for, um, he was an IT programmer and he worked on credit card machines. And what ended up happening with him is, is he worked for this company for 24 years. And like most Americans, he got really comfortable within this corporation or this company, worked his way to the top, uh, got paid pretty well, right? He was, he was pretty, he was probably, he was almost, uh, I think he was making like 80 grand, uh, maybe a little bit more. I don't know how much he was really making. I don't think I've ever really talked to him about it, um, about like how much he was making at that job. 
but he was making he was almost in what they call um upper um i think it's upper middle is what they would call that so we were living pretty good right and then uh one day you know and then that's how i that's how i came to florida he got a job transfer to florida he's working in new york for a long time with this company and he got a job transfer transfer to florida i moved here when i was three and you know i've lived here ever since but um what ended up happening was he went to work one day uh the boss someone got hired there that became his boss and the boss didn't like him um and ended up letting him go and he didn't he didn't really progress like he didn't really like pursue education um and his work of you know his field of work he didn't really go and really because he didn't think anything was going to happen he's like all right i'm you know i'm getting older i have money for retirement i have this saved i have that paid um, everything's going pretty well right now. And then all of a sudden, and he's like, I've been working here for a long time. They're not going to just let me go. Like something's got to happen. And bam, he gets let go of this job. Now what happened was, um, since he was with this company for so long and he wasn't, uh, pr- you know, trying to progress through his, um, his career, like, uh, this field of work, he got out, he got outsourced with the IT. Right, he got outsourced. He didn't. He didn't have the qualifications that other companies wanted. Now, um, so he kind of got put in a, a really hard situation where he went from making a lot of money with this company, and then he got outsourced. And so what it taught me at a young age, and then you know, my dad had to pick up different jobs. My dad had to um, because he had to figure out something. Like he had to, you know, uh, me and my sister were in uh, elementary school, um, so we were just we were really young at the time, um, and there's certain things that he had to do to, to make money. Cause he, he has to pay bills. He has a family, he has kids and he has two kids, by the way, it's not like he has one kid. He has two, uh, two kids that are about the same age or are the same age. I should say, I don't know why I said about, but two, you know, I have a twin sister, right? So, um, <clears throat> so he's doing whatever he can do. And he ended up doing like over the road trucking for a while where he would travel across the world and do 18 wheeling trucking. And uh, he had like a diverse, type of jobs that he went through. Um, you know, it was hard on my mom and, and certain things, but the point that I'm trying to make to you is, um, that's how I became very, uh, very knowledgeable on financing or finances, like personal finance, investing, all that stuff. Because, um, my dad wasn't very financially, uh, literate. And what ended up happening was he, you know, he was just, he got comfortable like most Americans and most Americans really don't know anything about money. Now you're probably listening to this and you go, well, I know, you know, money's pretty simple. You make it and you spend it. And it's, it's, it's really not that simple. It's actually a little bit more complex than you really think. And so you start diving into books and knowledge and information and things become very, very interesting. Um, how money really isn't what you really think it is, but you got to change the perspective on money. You have to save, you have to invest, you have to do certain things that most people are not willing to do. You might have to do, uh, you know, heavy budget cuts and save and do things that most people will not do, right? Like maybe not go out every single day and maybe treat yourself once a week or maybe every two weeks and then save that money and then invest in yourself uh, with some type of education or um, invest it into an investment if you have enough money saved. But, and then there's so many different types of investments, right? And then you got like credit cards and you got, um, you know, you got to learn about debt and you got to learn about interest and you got to learn about, there's so many different outcomes where um, there's a lot of resources. And if you use them wisely, which most people do not know how to use the resources available to them wisely, 
you can end up making more money off of other types of debt, right? Um, but what I, what I realized is I had to get more information on wealth, on financing, because at the end of the, <coughs> sorry, at the end of the day, sometimes my throat gets dry because I'm still sick and then I have to call fam. But what I realized is I had to financially get myself literate or get financial literate. Uh, I think that's, I think that's the word that I want, but, um, I knew I had to do something, right? I had to learn information. And without my dad going through that struggle, without seeing my dad going through that struggle, I pro you probably wouldn't be seeing the person you're looking at right now that I could honestly tell you that I have, um, you know, I have my personal finances in order. Now, I'm working on some debt right now, but it's, you know, it's due to, uh, I consider it good debt. And most people would argue with me, all debt's bad debt. Uh, it's not, not all debt is equal, Right. That's what I learned uh, from Grant Cardone. So if anyone doesn't know who Grant Cardone is, uh, Grant Cardone is that, that's a guy that I would highly recommend you go look at, especially with business, sales, anything, because I've learned a lot through that guy uh, with good debt, bad debt, good investments, bad investments, because um, he, he'll tell you the truth. He kind of he kind of goes in and just bluntly tells you the truth, and sometimes he kind of you kind of step back and you go like it hits you, you know, it hits you hard and you're like, you know, cause we've all been trained a certain way, right? We've all been trained to, to look at things a certain way. And once you break that, that thinking is when it starts to set you free financially. Um, cause there's a lot of bad information with finances, which is what holds like your parents, uh, at a high standard. It holds a lot of college kids at, you know, hostage, like, if you have the wrong information, it's holding you hostage. That's what people don't realize. Uh, it sounds extreme, but it, it but it's the truth. If you have the wrong information and you're applying the wrong, you know, it's like going to the gym. If I gave you the wrong workout schedule, you're going to get the wrong body, right? So you have to have the right information. Um, and that's what I realized. I had to go and educate myself, take courses, uh, take any free course I could on credit cards, on debt, on, um, you know, I go to the bank and I talk to bank tellers. Bank tellers are the best people to talk to because they're in your you're right in their face. They can't really lie to you because if they lie to you, like they could lie to you, but um, you know, like I confirm all my information with bank bank tellers. Like when I go to business and I look up something online for business and I'm like reading all this information on business and I go in and I start talking to a um, a business rep at like Wells Fargo. I talk to them and I go, hey, is this true? Like if I wanted to get this loan, do I do this, 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 or is this wrong? Like, what do I have to do to do this? Why am I doing that? Because the bank tellers work at the bank. Okay. Uh, they, they should know unless they're new and they don't know the procedures of the bank, how to get loans and how to do certain things. That's another thing we all, we all think we just apply for a loan, but, um, which you do apply for different loans and credit cards and, and any type of debt, um, type of, uh, you know, loan, but there's different steps to getting certain types of loans. Like you have to have certain things and you have to tell the bank a certain thing or um, a bank has to be able to trust you in order to get their money back. Cause if, if you're not going to pay them, they're not going to do it. So there's different, there's different ways you can talk to bank tellers. Like uh, same thing with like leasing and financing and, and stuff like that with cars. Uh, I get all my information from the dealership, right? Like I go to people that work in the dealership. Like if I wanted to learn, um, how to finance a car or how to, if leasing and financing is better, which one's better. I would talk to the finance, the, um, uh, the car 
not the car salesman. I would not talk to the car salesman about it. I mean, you can pitch it to him, but he's not going to be that knowledgeable about it, right? You're going to want to talk to the finance department. The finance department are the people that see uh, financial, you know, people's financial papers on a daily basis and probably like 50 paper or probably more than 50 people's financial records and how they qualify for loans and stuff like that, right? So you got to go straight to the source. Uh, that's what I do. Now, move on to the next one. So that's, so that's, that's the second example, all right? The third one I can give you is um, I got into a really, really bad car accident. Now, the, the reason I'm telling you about the car accident is because it woke me up. It, it kind of, I was, you know, I was cruising through life. All right, I was, I was kind of, you know, just cruising. And uh, I ended up flipping my car and, it, and it, it, the car was totaled. Like if I showed you a picture of the car, you'd probably be like, damn, how's this kid even talking to me, right? I even talked to, um, when I got out of the car and the ambulance came, he said, if you didn't have your seatbelt on, we probably wouldn't be talking to you right now, right? So, there, so I probably would have died if I didn't have the seatbelt on. Um, so for anyone that's listening that drives a car without a seatbelt, I think you're, you know, you're not the, the smartest person, um, out there. But, uh, the, the point that I'm trying to make is when I got into that accident, what it made me, re- the first thing I thought to myself, um, you know, after I took the seatbelt off and, and fell to the floor on glass and got out of the car was not even my safety, right? The first thing I thought to myself was, damn, I don't have the money to pay for a new car. How am I going to fix this? Right. I was more obsessed with the material of the car than I was with my own life. And what I what I realized was, uh, you know, and people are telling me, like, you're, you're kind of looking at it wrong. Like, it's not about, you know, you, you can you can fix you can get a new car with money. Right. You can make more money uh, and buy a new car. You can't buy yourself back. You can't you can't rehabilitate yourself back if it's if you're dead. And, I you know, I thought to myself for a couple of days. Because, you know, I was, they kind of, it put me in a, a position where I had to really think. I couldn't really drive a lot. I'd ask people for rides. Um, I didn't really, you know, so I, I was kind of thinking for a couple of days. I had off, you know, I had off the whole entire day that day. I got into the car accident. So I was thinking to myself for a while. And I realized that um, I was cruising through life. I was cruising. And that's why when I flipped, um, I was more worried about the material of the car than I was on my own life. And that's what a lot of people are doing today. You know, a lot of people work in nine to five, uh, and they're not trying to better themselves in life. Uh, they're, they're just cruising through life. Life is passing them by as they, as they work away their lives, um, doing things they don't want to really be doing, right? And they're working a terrible job that's basically sucking the life out of them. Um, and that's what I realized. And, and, I, and I told myself, you know, um, life is short. Right. I told myself life is short and I'm cruising and I'm and I'm and I'm letting life slip through my fingertips. And that's when I actually started the business after that, because I realized that, um, you know, life is short. I could die tomorrow. I could get I could step out into the street and get hit by a car. I could, uh, you know, get shot or something or something could happen uh, where I don't make it to the next day. Like there's no guarantees that you're going to wake up the next morning. Right. So what I started to tell myself was I needed to start, I got to start focusing on myself and I need to, um, I need to, to kind of figure out, uh, the path that I want to go down and how to get, you know, in the direction I want to go down. So the point I'm trying to make to you is everything happens for a reason. That's the third one that I can give you. They're pretty, the three that I gave you for everything happens for a reason were pretty powerful reasons. They, they shape my whole entire life. 
and I realized that it all happened for a reason, right? And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that happens in my life. You know, I'm only 23. You know, hopefully I make it to, uh, you know, hopefully I make it to those high 80s and the 90s, but, um, and live a full life. But my point to you is there's going to be a lot more things that are going to happen throughout my life. And I'm going to have to somehow uh, maneuver around it or figure out why that happened. Um, and, you know, I, and, and when you believe in God, too, like I'm a very, very religious person. When you believe in God, um, it, it actually helps you find answers to things that seem impossible. And I had, you know, I had, that's where I think I got a little bit more spiritual, too, because it kind of woke, in, it, it woke me up in the sense that, uh, you know, I could have died. Right. And someone had to have been watching over me for me not to die in that accident. Um, so, you know, and then it kind of made me go more a little bit lean more towards religion. And I was like, all right, like it kind of was like a second chance. Like this is your second chance, man. Wake up and start pushing for what you want, because uh, there's no guarantees that you're, that you're going to get the next day. So. So that's what I'm trying to tell you is everything happens for a reason. You might be going through something right now, but what you're going to realize is maybe in the next couple of weeks, maybe in the next couple of months, it's going to click and you're going to be like, I had to get through that pain to get to here. I had to, I had to do something. Um, this happened to me for a reason so I can get to my, my real destination, which was over here. Um, and that's why it was interesting when I wrote this down um, at my job. And when I went to Toastmasters, as, like a couple hours later, I went to Toastmasters and I talked to the lady and she was like, oh, like everything happens for a reason, right? Like it, it almost reinforced it back into me. Like, oh man, I wrote that a couple hours ago on a, on, a, on a notepad as I was making a phone call to a client or I was making a phone call to a service provider. And I, and I was like, I was like, you know, it just, you just realize things like your eyes open up more um, and you start seeing things. And so it was, you know, it's interesting to me, but so that's everything happens for a reason. We're going to go into the second topic. The second topic is you don't have to become your parents. Um, now parents might not like me for this one, but, um, it, I'm just going to tell you the straight up truth. Uh, what I realized is, um, parents don't do it. They don't know they're doing, doing it. And they don't know that, um, because they're doing it because they love you, right? They're trying to get like, for instance, like I got pressured into college right? Now, I'm not, I don't regret going to college because it actually turned out pretty well for me going to college uh, because I figured out how to use college, not like college used me. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is um, I didn't want to go to college at first. Um, I kind of, I told myself that uh, I, I didn't need it. Uh, all these successful people, because I knew I wanted to do business. And I'm like, uh, like everyone, every entrepreneur talks about how college does not help them in business. It's a waste of time. Um, you got to get hands-on experience in order to, to be a business person or work for a company where they'll, they'll, you know, they'll help you get those skill sets that you need for being a business owner. Um, and when I went through it, I realized that I got some connections as I went through, cause I did that, uh, internship. I went then and got another job with the college through that internship, even though the intern, like normally you get a, a job within the internship, but they didn't have a position for me at that job when I worked there for five or six months. So, um, I ended up running into a guy that worked at Broward college. They wanted to do a video of me for the college. And as I was talking to him, I sold myself to him and he goes, Hey, we have this position in marketing. Um, you follow up with me. He's like, we're really looking for someone that wants to do part-time work there. And he's like, it'd be a great opportunity to continue your path in marketing. 
And I thought to myself, you know, it's probably gonna be a lot better because the one that I worked at didn't have a lot of technology. Uh, Their uh, target audience was more towards baby boomers or even later. Um, And it was their clients were a lot older people. They didn't know a lot of technologies. They didn't really advance their technology skills within that company. And um, I thought to myself, well, if he's going to hire me to to work at a college, it's all millennials. So it's all going to be technology based. I'll learn how to do digital marketing. I'll learn how to do social media properly. I'll learn how to do X, Y, and Z, which will help me in the marketing. I'll actually get a a better hands-on experience at this job. And I took it as best best decision I ever made in my life. I got a lot of good connections out of it. I uh, met some amazing individuals that um, you know I didn't share the same viewpoint on a lot of things, and it, and it it made me realize that you don't have to agree with everyone. That um, you, you could work together, and as long as you guys listen to each other and work together and pick out the good ideas over the bad ideas, it, it all works together. And it was one of those. Um, it was just a good, it was a good experience overall. I got really good experience through that job. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, so, so to continue this off, you don't have to become what your parents want. Um, I met, I went to some, um, church event. I think it was called the commonplace. All right. I took my one friend and it was, to, it was, it was basically like a networking opportunity to meet people or millennials that are um, more like in the, the Christian or Catholic type of faith. You're meeting more people within the same, because um, it's really hard sometimes to find millennials or uh, people that are younger that are kind of very religious. So that's what it was set up to be. It was more of a networking opportunity. And there's these two uh, Philippine girls that just recently came to the United States from the Philippines. And they were saying how everything in the Philippines is kind of, they're not used to all this independence. Uh, or self-independence where you pick your path, you pick your college, you pick uh, X, Y, and Z, you pick, you know, your plan for, you know, your medical plans, you pick um, your car insurance. They said in the Philippines, everything is already preset for you. Um, Your destination is already picked by your parents and your parents choose basically everything for you. And that's the route you go down. And it kind of, it kind of intrigued me because uh, I, because we kind of take that for granted. And what I realized is it's not really much difference in the sense that uh, parents try to still do that, right? Because parents want the best for you. They, they, you know, they've gone through a certain amount of, of uh, years of experience in life and they just want the best for you. So they're trying to take you down certain paths and they're kind of, you know, influencing you to go down this path, influencing you to go down that path, you know, and it might not be the path that you really want to take. And when you try to explain that to your parents, you know, sometimes they get a little bit, um, they kind of, you know, they take it as kind of like a, like a dis, you know, a slap in the face or a dis, you know, disrespect sometimes. But if you push a little bit harder, this is what I've learned. Um, if you push a little bit harder back and you kind of just tell them like, listen, man, like it's my life. I, this is what I really think I want to do. And I want to try it. Um, your parents will understand, right? Your parents will eventually come around. Uh, it kind of happened to me a couple times where I'm like trying to, you know, sh- share my vision a couple times with my parents and I got a lot of kickback or someone questioned something and I'm like, um, you know, maybe I didn't have the answer then and there to, 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 to guide them to my vision. But, I, you know, I, the more I kept pushing, the more I kept kind of like trying to do my own thing, they realized like, hey, man, he's trying to do his own thing and it's working for him. 
because it's working for him. He's doing his thing. He's getting this. He's getting that promotion. He's going and working for this company. He's he's expanding his network. He's you know he's doing different things. He's meeting new people. He's going out and, and uh, he's learning finances, and his finances are, are doing okay. Um, and he's independent. He's not he's not really reliant on a lot of things. Um, it, it it helps, but you got to push back. You can't be scared to kind of push back a little bit on it because. Um, like I said, your parents just want the best for you and they're just scared. They're scared that, you know, something's going to happen to you if you do this and then you fail. Um, but the truth is we all fail, right? We all fail. And if you're not failing, it means you're playing it way too safe and you're not actually pushing yourself to extremes. So you want to be failing, whether, you know, that may, it might sound kind of weird coming uh, from me telling you that you're going to want to fail, but it's the truth. If, if you're not pushing yourself, and you're not failing, it's, you're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You're not going above and beyond. And uh, I, like I'm telling you, I, I failed at this job that I'm at right now uh, probably easily like uh, probably like 500 times already. Whether I got a coaching or, or I got yelled at by my manager, hey, we're not supposed to do that. Don't tell this person that. Uh, never say that because then the service provider will take, uh, take advantage of us, right? Um, and I never took it as disrespect. I just took it as, uh, as you know, personal criticism or um, – I was just like, okay, I'll try not to do that next time. Like I went into the one-on-one today and I told my, uh, my boss, um, I'm like, you know, I really just try. And the reason I'm, you know, the reason I'm telling her this, by the way, is because I want her to understand that I welcome the criticism. I want to get better. I want to be a better, uh, I want to be a better employee at this company. Like I'm here to win. I'm here for us to win. I want to, I want to do more for you. Right. Um, so, like, I, I told her in, on the one-on-one, I'm like, you know, I really understand that these one-on-ones are to help me get better. And I'm like, I really, really try when you tell me not to do something to mentally put that in my mind and just not do it again. And I'm like, I feel like I do a pretty good job of it, but I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can where I'm just trying to put that in my brain and, uh, you know, move it forward. Um, but uh, the, the point that I'm trying to make to you is you're going to fail. But um, don't be scared. You know, you got you to gotta push back a little bit on your parents sometimes. Like I'm telling you, like, um, your parents aren't perfect. They're, you know, your parents, trust me, your parents are not perfect. Your parents probably still make mistakes, okay? Especially with parenting. I mean, there's no, you can't even blame your parents. There's no manual that, you know, people hand out when they have a baby. You know, when you go to the hospital and they have the baby, there's no manual they give you to be a parent. Um. So you have to understand everyone's going to be a little bit different in the parenting styles. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of parents where they're, they're more friends with their kids and they kind of are a parent. Um, I've seen other people that they're very, very disciplined um, parents and they kind of, they're more disciplined than they are like friends with their kids. But um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a parent, so I can't tell you how to parent your kids. Right. I'm not a parent. I, I don't know, but the point that I, that I've seen as a, as a, as a young adult, uh, that has, uh, has gone through something similar. And by the way, this happened to my friend, um, Ashma, who I was talking, who I was telling you about earlier, her parents were kind of pushing her towards different directions and, um, you know, they got scared in certain situations. And so, uh, they got this one doctor involved and, and the doctor of course prescribed her medication. And I told her, you know, it's not your parents' fault. Um, they got a doctor and then the doctor prescribed your medication. It, they, they just love you. They, they want the best for you. Like that's what parents do. Um, but they just, you know, they're, they're just scared. It, it got to probably a, a desperate point where they're just like, all right, she needs help. And they got a doctor and the doctor just did what a doctor normally does and gives you medication. That's all you can really do. Uh, cause it's, it's you that's got to figure it out. 
Um, so, you know, um, so I, you know, I, that's what I told her all the time. I was like, you can't be mad. You know, your parents are just trying to do the best they possibly can. There, there's no manual. There's no guide there. You know, there's a lot of misspewed information out there about medications and, um, everyone thinks that, you know, depression needs, you need a pill to cure depression. Um, or you got to take this drug for depression. Um, it was a big issue that I, I, uh, I argued with a lot with my, uh, my ex-girlfriend. And I think that was a big reason too. Cause when I started dating her, she had a lot of anxiety. I also have a cousin that has a lot of anxiety too, which, um, reminds me that I should actually give him a call. But my, um, you know, she had a lot of anxiety. She couldn't sleep at night. Like one time I was sleeping and I, I woke up and she's like, you know, she can't sleep. Like she, it's like five in the morning and she's been up since like, you know, the whole entire night. Um, and she has to go to work in like three hours. And then she was extremely tired throughout the whole entire day. Um, and I tried to tell her, I'm like, it's you, like it's you. And the, and the, the craziest part was she even told me, she's like, I know it's me. I know it's my mind. I know it's me. And when I tried to tell her, cause she went to the doctor one time for it and he was trying to give her uh, Xanax. And I said, listen, it's your choice. I'm telling you, I highly do not recommend taking that. I'm like, you don't need it. I'm like, it's your mindset. You got to change your mindset. Eat, and then, you know, she would say, easy for you to say, like, you're not going through it. And I'm like, I've, I've been there, done that. I've been through the depression stage. I know what's going on. So I don't have it anymore. Um, and I've talked to other people that have confirmed this, by the way. I had a, I had a friend. Um, I had a friend um, who, uh, it's uh, Jimmy's sister, um, who um, had really bad anxiety. And, uh, you know, I talked to her about it when I was dating my ex. Um, and I was like, you know, she's going through a lot of anxiety. I know like you kind of had a lot of anxiety when you were growing up, um, or at a certain point in your life. And now like, you don't have it. How, how did you solve it? And she said, you know, um, I ended up getting medication. She's like, I took the medication. Um, I believe she said it was Xanax. Um, I think she said it was Xanax and she was like, I took it. It did relax me. But what I didn't like was the mindset that it put me in. And she's like, I kind of felt numb. I couldn't feel anything emotionally. I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything mentally. It just put me in a, in a hazed stage. And she's like, it scared me so much to the point where I said, screw this. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Um, and she's like, I started trying to figure out how to change my mindset. And she's like, once I figured out it was me and I changed my mindset, magically the anxiety went away. And she's like, I don't have it anymore. And it's been years since I've even like had an, an anxiety attack or stress attack or anything like that. And she's like, I, I realized it was me. Like I had to get my mindset right. And that's when I knew, you know, that's when I knew I was right. And, and you see, I, that's what I do too, is I always look for answers. I'm always looking for answers. Uh, as you can tell, I'm, uh, you know, I, you might be able to tell by the way I talk, I'm just very knowledgeable. And the reason for that is I'm always trying to find answers. And that's the best advice I could give you is just find answers. Look for the answers. If you seek answers, you will find, right? You'll find the answers eventually. Something will come up and you'll be like, oh, damn, I was looking for that answer. Damn, there it is. Um, someone might tell you something. You're like, damn, that was the answer I was looking for the whole entire time. It happens to me every single day. Thinking about something, someone says something. I'm like, damn, you just, you just gave me the answer to my problems. Thank you, right? So, um. And that's a lot of countries too, by the way, where parents, um, parents kind of set the path. Like I know it's pretty popular in India. Um, I'm not really sure about all the other countries. I think like China, it's pretty popular where, um, the parents kind of pick their path for them, the kid. 
or the, the daughter and the son and they, and they pick the path and they normally go a different route. You know, they go that, that same route that the parents picked and then they're not, they're not, they're not fulfilled because they're, they're, they're living someone else's life. Basically they're living their parents' life. And then, you know, they, that's where they get depression and they end up killing themselves or, um, that's where a lot of depression actually comes from is you're not living up to your potential. You're not living up to what you want. Um, so that, that is, you don't have to become your parents. Now I'm going to go into Dundee investments. And we'll wrap this up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. My name, uh, my name, um, my name is Tyler Dunn with Dundee investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And this, this business is designed to help distressed sellers. Anyone that has to sell their property very fast for, for a quick sale um, and get a cash offer with an investor. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, with an investor. And it puts them together on a deal where the investor will invest money into the property and the seller will get out of the, the situation that they're in financially and be able to go get another property or something within their budget where they're not struggling. It doesn't affect their credit. It doesn't, um, it doesn't affect that seller. And that seller doesn't lose all the money they invested in the house. Um, and so on. Now, how this works is a three-step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments, LLC, whether it's through the email, whether it's through website, whether it's through uh, cell phone or the, the number that's on there, texting, uh, social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm working on, a, on YouTube for it. Um, I just haven't really, you know, I have a lot of projects I'm working on right now, but um, so you got to reach, you got to reach out to done deal investments. So that way we know how to help you or that you need help. And then we can figure out how to help you. Now, um, I'm going to ask you some questions when you contact done deal investments. They're going to be very, very basic questions. It's going to be on, uh, the financial conditions or the conditions you're trying to get out of or, um, why you're selling the property. And then we're going to go into some conditions with your property or like what, you know, what condition your property is basically in. From there, we're going to go into step two. Well, step two is then um, we set up an appointment for me to come to your property. I'm going to go and, and um, kind of do like a walkthrough of your property and just be like, all right, we need, we got to fix this roof. We got to fix, uh, you know, your walls. We got whatever I have, whatever the investor is going to have to fix out of his own pocket. I got to jot down and then um, I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. And the reason I'm doing all this, by the way, collecting the, the information, you know, again, the pictures is so when I go to find you an investor to put on this deal, um, I'm going to send them the pictures. I'm going to send them uh, how much money it's going to take to invest into this property. So that way the investor is on the same page. They know exactly what's going on. They know what the property looks like. They know exactly how much money they need to invest into the property to make a profit on their end. Um, so this way the investor knows everything, right? The investor, and this way we don't have all this foot traffic coming through your house for them to look at the property. They're already there. They can already see pictures. They already have all the information. It's all set in stone, right? So from there, then we go into step three. Now, step three is, um, I go and do a little bit of research on your neighborhood and, and the, and your home. And I find out what the, your property is worth. Um, by what we call running comps. Running comps just means we're going to go take three houses that have sold the, the, the most recent on the market. And that's how we're going to get an average uh, cost, an average cost on your property. And from there, all we're going to do is deduct what the cost of the investor or how much money the investor is going to have to put in the property. And that's the price we negotiate off of. 
once we come to an agreement on um, the price and the terms, whatever you need, you just let me know. You got to stay on the house for another three weeks. You got to try to get some financing. You got to go find a real estate agent. Whatever you need, you let me know and I'll work with you and I'll make sure the investor's on the same page. That's the whole point of done deal investments. Um, I'm creating the deal. I'm finding you the investor. I'm making sure everything goes smooth for you. I'm making sure it's, it's all golden. The deal is, is set. Uh, investor's happy. You're happy. And you know, that's what really matters. Right? So from there, what happens is let's, let's say we agree on the terms and the price. We go and sign a contract together. So um, if you're the seller, you would sign the contract. I would sign the contract and the investor would sign the contract. Now how this works from here is the investor takes ownership of the property. We give you the cash offer that we agreed on on the contract. Um, then I can you know, give you any re, uh, resources that you need like financing, uh, home inspector, real estate agents. I, ha I have basically all those. Uh, and if I don't, I'll, I'll find, you know, I'll find one for you, right? I have the connections to find you, whatever you need. And then from there, you're going to take the money and go and find another property to go live in or rent or whatever you want to do. And investor is going to be happy because he's going to invest money into the property, put it on the market, make a profit. Dundee Investments is going to make a commission fee, what we call a finder's fee from the investor. This is the coolest part. It's going to be from the investor, not the seller, right? Investor is going to pay Dundee Investments the commission fee or the finder's fee. And um, it's going to help, you know, so everyone's winning in this, in this deal. Seller's winning, investor's winning, and Dundee Investments is winning, right? So that's why, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a cool process because everyone wins on this deal. And the best part is we're helping sellers, we're helping, you know, finance, housing. We're, we're doing a lot of different things. But my main thing right now is helping distressed sellers. Um, this could work for, by the way, uh, anyone that has liens on their properties, uh, you're behind on back taxes, you're um, going into pre-foreclosure where the bank's gonna repossess your home, job transfer from, you know, you gotta go to a different state and you only have a week to sell your home and you can't get a real estate agent to help you sell that fast. Uh, maybe you don't like dealing with real estate agents. I know a lot of people uh, sometimes don't like it because they take too long to sell. They um, they charge high commission fees. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, so, some of them don't really help you sometimes. They kind of slack. Uh, I've known a couple of real estate agents where they didn't really help out too well. Um, they they you know, maybe had other deals on their belt and they just kind of slacked off a little bit. But especially if you need to sell fast, uh, the real estate agent is probably not going to be your best choice. <coughs> uh, it could We could do this with divorce where um, let's say uh, – you know, you got to do a really, really messy divorce process and you just want to get through it as best you possibly can and you just want to sell the house. Too many too many uh, bad memories with the other person in there. You just want to get rid of the house, sell it, make a profit off it and move on. Uh, this would help you with that. We could also help with uh, if you inherited a house, you know, a loved one passed away and you inherited a house and sometimes the house isn't well kept. Uh, they didn't take, you know, they didn't invest money back into the property. Uh, this, this would help you in that way. Right, um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, just yeah, those are like the main ones, right? Those are like the main ones. But if you had any other reasons uh, for, you know, maybe you're maybe you didn't keep up with your house too well, and they're trying to make you sell it for a lot less cash than what you want, uh, done deal investments would be able to help you out that way too. Like if you have a lot of damage on the property, um, and the real estate agent doesn't even really want to touch it, done deal investments would be able to help you with that.
Um, so, so that's basically what Done Deal Investments does. Now, what I really want to do with this company is get it to a point where we can help many people in many different ways. So once we get you out of the distressed uh, or that, that financial situation, we can then go into, um, you know, like financing. I have my own real estate team. We'll have, um, uh, we'll have a real estate team. We'll have financing. We'll have home inspections on the list. Uh, we'll have, you know, just basically continuing, continuing down the line of um, all the resources that you would need anyways. And that way it would help Dundee Investments grow a little bit and be able to reach a little bit more, um, you know, more people besides just distressed sellers, but give more resources to property owners and eventually help more um, investors, right? It would also help investors because certain of the, some of these aspects we would need investors to help out with too. So it'd give investors some money as well. Now, um, the, cool, the cool thing about all this is uh, it's helping, you know, it's helping in many, many different ways, right? It's helping property owners, helping investors, it's helping banks, which I guess you would consider an investor. Um, but it's, and, and the cool thing too, is you're helping flip homes that, you know, some of these homes aren't really well kept. So you're helping someone that can afford to flip it and then give it to someone else that maybe didn't really have the money to flip it. Um, and then just buys the home and they have a, a successful home for a, you know, a long period of time. Um, and it's helping the community. It's helping give back. It's, uh, you know, it's positive energy, positive money, um, you know, not dirty money. Uh, and, and it's just it, all around, it's going to, you know, it's really a good uh, thing for like real estate, right? And even people in distressed situations, it's going to help a lot of people. So like, that's my vision is I really want to build this, um, this company and scale it into those parts. Because the, the one thing that I, you know, I don't like right now, uh, which I can't do much about, um, you know, right this second, I mean, I'm working on trying to, you know, build this company up, but, um, I don't like the fact that I have to give you other people, uh, other resources to go to these other people when I feel like Dundee investments should be able to do it. Right. So if we can do that, it's like a one-stop shop. You don't have to go to six other vendors or six other companies to get one job that you, you know, you just want to purchase a property. Why, why would you have to go through six other vendors? You want to go through a straight, straight through vendor. Right. So if I can make it a one stop shop where, you know, we help you out of the stress situation or the financial situation, then we go and inspect the home. We go and find the property. We go and finance it with you. Um, you know, it, it'll help a lot of people and cut down that time of home purchasing, too. Right. Because home buying is not if you ask anyone about buying homes, like a lot of people really aren't intrigued about buying homes. And the reason is it's like a delayed process. You got to go to this part of the process, then you got to go to this part of the process and you got to go to that part of the process. It's a long process of buying a home. Um, and if we have all those things going, it might cut down the time on the process, right? It might be, it might make buying a home a lot smoother and a lot easier, right? So that was, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm really uh, diving deep into. I'm learning right now how to do home inspections, how to get licensed, how to get insurance, how to do a bunch of different things. And, um, you know, it's going to take a little while. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than I think. Uh, I've been quoting four months. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it in four months. Um, just because now I'm learning about the process. I have to go get insurance. I have to go buy uh, certain types of equipment, which I'm not really too sure on exactly, you know, what I need yet. Um, there's still a lot of elements that I have to work out before I can even be licensed in um, home inspections. So, uh, and add that on to done deal investments. Now, <coughs> 
if you are interested in a free home inspection, uh, contact Done Deal Investments and let us know that you're interested in a free home inspection and you normally go for about 150 to $200. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take me. I, you know, I've been quoting four months. My goal really is to try to get it within four months to five months, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I got to do it legally. It's got to, I got to go through the, the right process and the right steps and the right education. So, sorry. <clears throat> no, it's got all the stuff. I'm sorry. But, um, so I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get it all together. But if you want a free home inspection, you can, you, you can wait. Uh, for a couple, you know, a little while, a uh, decent amount of time, and you're interested in getting a free home inspection, and you're not really planning on moving anytime soon, you're not really planning on, um, you don't need it right this second, um, and you can wait a decent amount of time, or maybe in the future, you just want to get one maybe in the future, just because it's free, why not? And it's going to save you a lot of money, these home inspections, right? Home inspections are probably the most important thing of buying a property, which a lot of people don't realize, because it's going to tell you what's wrong with the, the property how much money you're going to have to invest into X, Y, and Z. What's what you're going to have to invest in sooner or later. Um, and you're not just blowing cash out of your wallet every couple of, you know, every couple of months because something's breaking on you or the water heater went out or AC went out or um, your roof is, is terribly destroyed from a hurricane because now a hurricane came through and your roof was already destroyed and you got leaks and you got mold, right? So little things can happen. And the inspection can prevent all that stuff, can prevent you from losing lots of thousands of thousands of dollars. It can prevent you from losing money on a sale. It can prevent you from um, losing money on an investment if you want to buy a property and you didn't see something because you didn't get an inspector. Um, it could save you money on warranty companies because I work for a warranty company right now. And what happens is um, they'll, they'll label things as pre-existing conditions because the tech will say, hey, this looks like pre-existing conditions. And so they label it from the service provider saying it, and then they want a home inspection for you to overrule it. So if you don't have a home inspection that doesn't state that it was already, you know, non-pre-existing, uh, you just lost all your warranty money that you've been paying for months, and now you have a, you know, a six six thousand um, dollar water heater bill, right? And you and you and you and you've been paying this warranty company for months on months, and maybe you've been paying it for years on years, you know. You lost all that money, plus now you got to pay six grand for a water heater because the service provider labeled it pre-existing conditions, and you didn't have a home inspection report to prove otherwise. So that's 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 a that's a big thing too. So it saves you a lot of money these um, inspections. And if you want a free one, I'll do it for you once I get licensed for free. I'll hit you up, I'll call you, whatever ever way you feel uh, comfortable getting contacted by. Just let us know on uh, either our website, email, phone. Uh, social medias and just let us know and we'll put you on a list and when we get licensed we'll give you a call and we'll do a free home inspection the only thing I'm asking for in return is that you give us a review either on Facebook our Facebook business page or you give us a review on our uh, our business Google my business page okay that's all I'm asking for just do a quick review and just be like hey uh, this person came out from done deal investments and he did X Y and Z and um, he either did a good job, didn't do a good job, didn't like this. You know, you can you can you can do a real review. I'm not telling you to give me uh, the best review in the world um, if I didn't give you good service. So um, that's what I'm trying to do is like get a you know get reviews built up for uh, for you know more customers, more clientele, more proof that you know done deal investments is a real business, so on and so on and so on. Right. Um, 
So yeah, so that's basically it. So this has been episode 82 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate anyone that came out and, and watched this episode. Um, and Facebook is probably the best platform to, to do this on. Uh, Instagram, it cuts me off after a certain time. And at the same time, you're getting like better quality microphone and probably better quality video. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, so this has been episode 82 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.